actually feel far more secure in our relationship now than I did before we um, mm-hmm. opened our relationship. Because it turns up. out if I do have sex with somebody else that I still want you more. Yes, it's true. And that, we, and that our family is strong. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy, and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. Sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest that you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and listen as a family. The choice is yours. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 6 of the Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Finn. (laughs) Don't sound so excited. It's been a long road to get here tonight. (laughs) Oh. Today we're sharing an interview that we did with our friends Jake and Elizabeth with you guys. Well, they're our new friends, and they were introduced to us by Taylor and Ryan, who are on episode two. So we do make some references back to, not necessarily to that episode, but to Taylor and Ryan. So if you want to know a little bit more about who Taylor and Ryan are, I would recommend going and listen to episode two. That being said, you won't be lost if you don't. Exactly. We also wanted to just do a little bit of news up front here. Um, We... We're on the Priory Society podcast last week that was published. Uh, it was their episode... Seven. It was their episode seven. We shared a couple of stories and behind-the-scenes secrets on their show that we hadn't necessarily shared on our show before. So if you guys want to hear a little bit more about our story, definitely go check out episode seven of their show. We just wanted to thank the Priory Society for having us on their show. We had a blast recording with them. And we also have an interview with the Priory Society coming up in a couple of weeks on our show. And we also have some other really exciting news. That is, we've started to have some people reach out to us on Twitter and our first one via email. That is one of the things that we had dreamed about happening when we started this podcast. We, we you know, We had to start by reaching out to our close friends and hoping that we'd gather enough momentum that people would start reaching out to us from the community. And we did, we had someone reach out to us. Yeah, it was really exciting. (laughs) And they they basically said, hey, um, what about other types of dynamics that aren't just couples? And we've got a really cool story and we want to share it with you. We're more of a polydynamic. And and so we just had a really awesome conversation with uh, this person. And they're going to come on the show in a couple of weeks. So we're super excited that people are starting to reach out. And we just want to encourage everyone, if you're listening and you're, you're hearing a dynamic that doesn't necessarily match yours, don't be afraid to reach out because the whole point of this is for you guys to tell us your stories and us to share the stories and everyone to learn from everyone. So again, just please reach out. We want to hear from everyone. Yes. What he said. <laughs> Um, and I think that's pretty much all of the news other than this is going to be the last week where we release two episodes. Yep. We got two for you today. And then next week we're going to go into one every Wednesday. Yep. So we're going to jump right into the episode and we will see. Oh, sorry. One other thing. I just wanted to give a warning that early on in this episode, there's a reference to some of the poly lifestyle being like the Supreme Court. 
I promise that the <laughs> that that Jake redeems himself later on. So so don't get mad and give up. And then also we talk about Cassidy, the website, and how they got to the wrong website early on. So all of the references we talk about will be in the show notes on our website, which is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. So go there if you want to see any of the references, and now I'll stop rambling and we can go into the interview. Yeah, let's go. All right. So we're here with some brand new friends that we met through our very first podcast guests, Taylor and Ryan, uh, introduced us, and they agreed to come on the show and talk a little bit about their story. So we're going to let Elizabeth and Jake give us a quick introduction before we jump into the interview. Hmm. We haven't decided who's going to speak first. <laughs> we, should we uh, rush in before it? No, just go see me. <laughs> so, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Jake. Um, we've, been, we've been just doing this for a couple of months, and, um, and now we're on a podcast already. I don't know I, what else should I say. I, I think we, we, we live in a West Coast city. We do, and we've been I, married we, for almost 10 years and together for 13 almost. Uh-huh. And we're 37? 38. Mm, 38. Right. <laughs> Numbers. It's Who's just counting? a number, right? Yes, exactly. We can be vague about our age, though. <laughs> so when, when you guys say you've been doing this for just a couple of months, what does this describe in terms of your non-monogamous, I guess, preference? Yeah, like what does it mean to you? Uh, yeah, we're still figuring it out. I guess it's, it's the process of exploration right now. I mean, we've, we've had like four experiences so far and, um, we're, you know, just communicating our way through it and figuring out, uh, where we're headed. Right. Would you, Uh, I guess, lean towards, uh, mostly swinging or have you been exploring other dynamics of non-monogamy? Just swinging. I think, I mean, we're not, um, we're not looking for a a romantic exclusive relationship or, uh, I mean, we, we, we're still learning what all the things are. So we, we did have, we had a, we had an interaction online with, um, with a couple that were part of a nine person polycule. Wow. And so, um, that seems surprising to me and I'm not sure how nine people can agree on whether or not they think you're hot. And it reminds me of the Supreme court, (laughs) the Supreme court for a little while. Wow. That's yeah. That's a lot. I mean, if they make it work, they make it work, right? But yeah, no, it's it must be really good at calendaring and yeah. communication. Yeah, but I think we're we're still trying to figure out. Like we don't really understand a lot of the labels, and so um, I mean, I guess we understand like swinging versus polyamory and stuff. But it seems like that the more I look into it, the more there are different. Everybody seems to have kind of a different version of exactly what it's like. But I guess for us, the basic parameters are uh, it's super hot to have sex with other people. and um, But we don't have any desire. We still want to be each other's primary partner, basically. Sure. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely shades of gray in anything like this. And especially just starting out, it's, it seems reasonable that you would not necessarily. It's not like you have to pick one and then that's what you are forever, right? So. <laughs> Sexuality is fluid, and I think that's okay. <laughs> so could could we hear a little bit more about what maybe what drove you to decide to do this and how you guys eventually got into it for the first time? Yeah. So for me, this goes back 15 years of what I imagine is the typical male threesome fantasy. Just um, you, you and two other guys? 
<laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the setup I had in mind. That was that's not the setup that I rehearsed many times while watching porn. No, I, I figured it would be guy, girl, girl. And so every now and then I would tell Elizabeth that I wanted to do this kind of thing. And it was always for me tied up with turning 40 and the sense that this was my last chance to do anything adventuresome like that. And like at a certain point you're, you're too old and you don't start something new. And that's not totally rational, but um, you know, we all have to deal with aging yeah. even though we're not at like an advanced age or anything. Yes. It's all relative. So, uh, so yeah, so I bothered you for years about it. For years and years. What do you want for your birthday? Threesome. (laughs) (laughs) 40th birthday. Oh, this is now I'm definitely just, this should be the time. But it was, it was actually, it was kind of a, like, it was a bit of a totally random happenstance for us in a lot of respects. We have these good friends and, um, we have young kids and so do they, and I've known her since college and they live near us. And so we get together, but they live far enough away that like, it makes sense to like, if we go over to their house, we stay the night or if they come to our house, they stay the night just because travel time gets hard. And so we've been going back and forth for probably gosh, two or three years. And we've always been kind of flirty with them. Um, and then Jake, and this, my girlfriend, we're going on and on about turning 40. And like, they were so, there was all these existential crises over like, had they had enough sex? Had they not had enough sex? What had they done? What had they not done? What did they wish they had done in their 20s? And so before one of these like weekends that we spent together, the her husband emailed me and said, I have a totally crazy idea. Instead of the four of us going out to dinner and having to listen to Jake and my friend go on and on and on and bitch and bitch and bitch. Why don't we do a topsy-turvy date night where you and I go out, uh, Jake and my friend are also vegetarian. Um, and her husband and I are very much carnivores. Um, he's like, we'll go to a steakhouse, we'll eat steak and we'll have conversation that has nothing to do with turning 40. And Mm -hmm. so in hindsight, he was kind of flirting with you, huh? I guess he was. I'm a little bit, I, I don't pick up on these things very well. Um, and okay, so, I don't either. <laughs> I was just totally oblivious. I was like, yes, thanks, let's do it. Um, and so so we went out and we were, uh, the two of us went out. We had a lovely dinner. We were chatting, like, just, just fun. It felt a little bit like a date, but not enough that, like, I was conscious that that was what was happening. And then Jake and my friend went out. You guys were, were I don't even know what you ate for dinner. You ate tacos? I don't, I don't remember that much. We were at a bar trying to, you know, act like we were impressing each other in our twenties. Also it was a hotel bar that we ended up at. So it's the sort of place where you imagine there are a lot of casual encounters going on. So I think we were just going to do that vibe. Anyway, so we, uh, we all met up at a wine bar afterwards and we started chatting and we'd been drinking and finally like Jake and my friend were just going on and on and on. And so I turned to them and said, look, I'm tired of listening to this, like put up or shut up. I was like, we will stay here. We will have another glass of wine. We will give you guys a 20 minute head start. I told Jake and my friend to go home and do whatever it is that they needed to do in order to turn 40. Um, so, and, and, and we did like, as far as, as far as I was concerned, that was, that would have been sufficient. I mean, I have, having listened to this podcast uh, once or twice, um, I know that some people are concerned about, like the first time has to happen. Right. Uh, like it may never happen again. And I, I, I felt like, um, this, this first time I was like, um, I like, I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy the whole experience, whatever it is that happens. And then I'm going to be ready to turn 40. 
because there was no hint. There was no hint from Elizabeth that she was interested in swinging at this point. This was right. just like I needed to go do something. Little did I know that back at the restaurant, she and and uh, her friend's husband were already touching and I think kissing at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we decided that if we had sent them home to get naked, we had a free pass to also make out. So. Right. So so you guys went to dinner, then came back together. Like you split up, came back together and then decided, well, hey, you guys go go have some fun and we'll come join you in a little while kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So we had an awkward lift ride back where she was um, seemed seemed like un, maybe, maybe had 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 too many drinks to stay aware of the fact that there was a person in the front driving the car who didn't want to hear about what was going on. <laughs> Uh, it was a little bit awkward, but, but, but we came home and, and, and took off some clothes and, um, I, I gave her some oral and she didn't seem that enthusiastic about actually getting to the, getting to the point of there being sex. I think her notion of this was more the flirtation and the, sure. the buildup. So yeah, that's what we did. And then you guys came home mm-hmm. and she was a little freaked out. She went to sleep, but then her husband um, basically took the initiative, um, because we, by this time, we had come back to our room, and I, I think we were actually having sex. And he knocked on the door. He's like, "Can I come in?" And we were like, "Yeah." So, yeah. So did first, he join first, you then? Yeah, he he watched for a bit, and then he and I sat in different chairs, and Elizabeth um, gave us both uh, alternated giving us blowjobs. Nice. So <laughs> that was that was very serious for not having planned ahead at all that we were going to do any of these things, and I was proud of her for for jumping out of your comfort zone. And it was fine with me that, that we had this guy, guy, girl thing go on. But again, I figured this was going to be the end. Like I, I never planned for any of this right. to go past like, you know, Oh, I'm going to have the threesome for my birthday and then I'll turn 40 and then it will all end obviously. <laughs> but well, then for, oh, go for ahead, me, I woke up the next morning and I was like, this is awesome. Um, we need to do this more. And so another reason that I also was kind of interested in swinging and sex with other people is that I um, spent the first part of my 20s studying, going to law school, working in politics. Um, I was pretty convinced that I wanted to run for office someday, and I was pretty serious about all that. Um, and, and you were going to be a cat lady. I was going to be a cat lady. I was never going to get married. Men were troublesome. They took up too much time. And I was in the South where they were slightly chauvinistic. Um, well, not, so, maybe not all of them for any I of our Southern. Of <laughs> I'm sure that there, well, I know there are very, some very nice men. My father is still there. I have friends who have husbands who are very nice. But at that point in time, I was very like black and white about this issue. And so um, I left Texas after law school and went to DC Um to work on the Hill. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this dating thing. Like I'm, I'm going to do this. And that was when online dating was kind of just starting. And so I put up a profile on a like progressive site and, uh, Jake was the first person who emailed me back. And so, um, Jake was my first, um, and I'd never had sex with anybody else before. And so there was a little bit of, you always used to say that it was so good with me. And I would say, how do you know you have nothing to compare it with (laughs) just being a scientist, you know, it it seemed to irritate you. So then finally, finally, 15 years later, you went back on the internet to find your second sex partner. I didn't think about it quite that way, but yes, yes. So, um, so now I've officially had sex with three men (laughs) and one lady. And one lady. Yes. So, um, but it's so, which is nice. Like it, it, I don't have like 
before I would have never admitted that, right? Like I'm not, you're not supposed to admit that you want to have sex with anybody, but your partner, but it's been a nice, um, it's been a nice side thing for me to have, to be able to have that experience. So, which I guess normal people would have done by dating in their twenties, but I, I didn't do that. So. (laughs) Well, neither did we. So that, that was a big part of why we got into this too, is we, we'd each had like one partner in high school and other than that, it was fairly limited. So Mm -hmm. we completely uh, can, can relate to that story. Very similar. (laughs) I was never planning to be president though. (laughs) No. No, you definitely can't. I, I have no intention of being president. I, I got very burned out of politics in DC. It's kind of a, it's an awful world. People are not nice and I am too nice for that. Right. So and you're also not interested in actually doing anything. And that was really frustrating for me, right. but that is not related to this podcast. I can. <laughs> no. that's, right. that's our spinoff podcast hosted by Ryan. <laughs> on that later normalizing <laughs> political minorities <laughs> so we like we saw this couple again another a month later and we like tried to kind of have a similar experience in it we ended up like having sex side by side but it wasn't as much it wasn't it didn't turn out to be terribly fun and then shortly after that my friend kind of freaked out and she was like i i don't want to do this anymore it's too much like right. i need to breaks on it. And so after she did that, I was like, okay, we have to figure out how does one do this? Like yeah. I, I, I didn't even know what it was called at that point in time. And so I, um, I'm an attorney, so I research. So I got online and like, just started trying to like, I found some like articles online that like talked about swinging. So then I like started to like Google swinger swingers clubs. And like, I got on Yelp because Yelp has things that evidently Google, like if there's not a website, there's still a Yelp review for a club. So we actually then we're supposed to go up and see uh, a band with my friend um, and her husband. And that day I had looked up a club in the city and I had found it. And I had actually gotten on their invitation list kind of by accident when I asked about the club. And so I was like, we have this invitation, we could go. And yeah. So um, once again, we, we did not premeditate very much. Sure. This is moving on now to like our second experience. We went to the, we went to a full on swinger club with a playroom in the back at like, we decided to go that morning. We said, Hey, tonight we're going to go tonight. And and so we told our babysitter who's awesome. uh, Hey, do you mind like staying over? Cause we're not going to be home until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, like leading up to that first experience with the couple that was sort of spontaneous, it sounds like for Elizabeth coming out of that, you were really excited about this and wanted to explore it more. But for the 13 years previous, when Jake had brought it up every year, what was the what was your reaction for those first 10 years of, of approaching the subject? I think that I just felt really insecure. I think that I was really concerned that if we had a threesome, that Jake was going to decide that he liked the other woman better and he was going to leave me. And I think I just felt really insecure about the whole situation. And and you also, you, your, your reply was typically, number one, I don't share. Number two, I don't like girls. Yes. Yes, it's true. And, um, and for you, the the... I guess the threesome was implied to be a guy, a guy, girl, girl. So sometimes you would say, oh, well, what if it was guy, guy, girl? And I said, yeah, okay, that would be fine if that's if that's what's on offer. But that wasn't really the offer. No, it wasn't on offer. But I, and I think that 
kind of it happening like that. And then me realizing, Oh, like our marriage doesn't blow up because we do this. Um, but in fact, like we had some of the best sex we'd had in years the next week. Like it was, it was awesome. Um, so after you've been together for a while, it's hard to like keep things fresh and interesting. So, and then somewhere along this way, I was like, well, if I need to start re-examining things that I like, like I should also re-examine whether or not women are something that is something that I wanted to try. And so I decided that I, I did want to, I wanted to see, I wanted to kiss a woman, see how I felt about that. And so that kind of came into play too. So Jake, were you, uh, I guess, were you surprised after that week of that Elizabeth, I guess, mindset had changed a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I told her like, you still surprised me after all this time that, that she was really like gung ho doing this research and had like taken it much more seriously than I ever had. And I had never really thought it through. I, I you know, the, it was always threesome. No. And then like, that's like, I didn't need to think of the next step past that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome though, that, that experience happened and it sort of flipped the switch and then you went crazy on trying to figure out how to do it the right way. And, and that's awesome. You know, cause I think a lot of people would fall into trying to do it in like maybe an unhealthy way. Like, I don't know. We've heard stories of people going down weird paths because they didn't know what to do, but that you took the time to like meeting people on Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist or whatever. Okay. But I, I guess it's not as trying to avoid saying that, but you can take that out. (laughs) Yeah. Just going down a, a strange path that maybe is unhealthy and, and that you guys took the time to research it and jump into it. What for a way that worked well for you guys, that's, that's awesome. I, I think you guys are going to have trouble getting Craigslist as a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> I, was like, I don't think it's going to be an issue. <laughs> well, especially if she keeps talking shit about him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just meant it's not as reputable as some of no, like, the dating not. sites. That's, Craigslist that's cool. is a great place to get a sofa with a lot of cum on it already. Yeah. And if that's what you're looking for in your relationships, then... <laughs> That's the type of threesome I, I, I we like to have. Didn't comment. All right. So, so you guys decided the morning of to go to a party that night, mm-hmm. and was it just to maybe explore it a little bit more and see what was there, or were, had you guys talked about going in like maybe here's some things we would like to have happen? Yeah. Did you have any rules ahead of time? We our, our rule was that we weren't ready to full swap um, because we wanted to, you know, just not take that risk yet. We uh, have a chance to, to to come back and and debrief each other on. I think debrief is funny in this context. <laughs> <laughs> debrief each other about taking off our briefs. Um, so other, other than that, I think we didn't really know what to expect and we were just mm-hmm. open minded and we we're just going to fling ourselves in the door of this, of this place and then see what happened. But for, we, we got, we got to warm up with our, with our friends who were still interested in making out and kissing. So we were kind of making out with, with the, with the alternate, with, with this other couple. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, were, you were with them that same night. Right. Yeah. And then we said, Oh, we're going to go to a, we're going to go to a party and leave you guys at the concert. Like we have more serious stuff to go do. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't feel bad. Did they, um, did they have interest in going or was it just like, no? Well, so I, you know, there's a bigger question. Like how, how much does everybody wish that they were doing this lifestyle, but they, they deny it. Sure. Um, 
I'm sure we'll talk about that later. It's really interesting to me, the psychology of it, and especially like the group think of it and being part of a culture. But, but from what they told us, ostensibly, they, they were not, they didn't, they didn't feel like going to this club with us. Right. I don't know if they were jealous or something. That's possible. So yeah, we took a quick trip across town and, and then, and then we went upstairs to Mm -hmm. this place and there were all of these people who, I don't know, I guess you have to like look around. You're supposed to check them all out. They were all interesting looking people. (laughs) We were super nervous. Um, and then I had decided that I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to drink at all because I didn't want to feel like I was doing, I wanted to make sure that I had all my senses about me. Like I wanted to make sure that if I did something, it was very much a conscious choice on my part, Sure. but that's yeah. not exactly the best idea when you're kind of, when you're trying to meet new people and you're not particularly good at doing that. Yeah. We so. didn't bring a bottle for the bring your own bar. And so mm-hmm. we were, we were pretty sober. <laughs> but you know, I, I, in yeah. all honesty, though, we've seen people go the uh, complete opposite of that and be totally wasted the whole time, and that doesn't do you any favors either. So yeah, you got to find that middle ground, I guess. Like a drink or two to take the edge off sometimes, so that you can eat more easily, talk to people, but no more than that because you don't want to be sloppy drunk. <laughs> yeah, and yes. you want and you want to remember what you did your first time, right? <laughs> or any time, yeah, exactly. or any time, mm. I suppose. So. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so, so we were just, we were sitting at this place, uh, looking around, not, not ready to approach anyone because we're not, I don't know, we're not shy, but we're not extroverts either. Um, so then, then we were, we, 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 we tried to circulate a little bit more and we were standing in the area closest to where you would come in. And then, uh, Taylor and Ryan came and introduced themselves and, and they were our ambassadors into what, what we, what, 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 we, what we should do at this place, what the options were. The, you you really enjoyed their their um, very structured introduction to like okay so you have to do your elevator pitch here's how you do it you have to talk about your testing talk about your boundaries and and um, you 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 got quite a bit of it so I, I was dancing with her and you were talking. Um, yeah, talking Ryan. details with Ryan. Yeah, what were you I, guys talking about? I had a ton of questions, right? Because it's not like you can be like. It's just the internet only has so much information and like I just couldn't it's not like something I could I attempted to tell my sister about it and it, that was a bad idea. And so so this is not not it's hard to find answers, right? And so yeah. I admit it's like, well, what about this? And what about a dating website? Which one do you guys use? And what about this? And what it like I just kind of was going down my list of questions and he was he and uh Taylor were very, very nice and answered all of our questions. Um so yeah, Ryan and I were having a serious conversation about mm-hmm. that and politics, and mm-hmm. then yeah, and, I, I was feeling her up on yes. the dance floor. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say if if anybody knows more than the internet, it's it's probably Ryan. So that's a good <laughs> it's a good place to start if you're looking for information about most things. So yeah, so we I, I think we were just super lucky. I mean, if they hadn't been at that club that night, I don't know what we would have done instead. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we would have been bold enough to like go back and play. That was our original plan was that like, if we didn't meet anybody that maybe we would just go back and play ourselves, like just to like be there and have the experience. Yeah. Um, be in like a sexy environment together. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, no, so, so we went back with them instead and it was, I, I don't know. I, I it's hard to tell, it's hard to distinguish whether it's an orgy or there are a lot of individual couples. Cause you have to study them closely for a while to be like, Oh, I saw you were on him before. And now you're on that guy instead. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, the, the, the blurring of lines between orgy and not orgy are sometimes indistinguishable. With group think. sex. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so we, we, we just threw ourselves right in there. There wasn't a lot of space, so we were we were trying to like you know establish our little corner of this <laughs> spongy floor surface. Uh, at one point, at one point near the end, a lady and her and her partner finished whatever it was they were doing, and she kind of rolled over, kind of into my butt, <laughs> which was I don't know, it was okay. I think that's the definition of a soft swap is when you touch butts with another person. <laughs> I don't think you should confuse people. That's the official definition. <laughs> Uh, it was, but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. We were both really glad that we went to do that. Yeah. So like, what, how'd you feel the next morning? Even better than we had, like, I felt amazing. Like it was just, I felt really amped that week and, um, it was really cool. It took us, we, so Taylor and Ryan had given us their information, but I, miscopied it down into my phone. So I had like sent them a text and like, we never heard back. And I was like, Oh no, they hate us. And, um, but then we, then there were, there were a couple more days of, of errors in which there was a second one where you, 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 you tried to get on Cassidy so that we could send them a message there, but sent the email to like misspell the the website name because it's easy to misspell. Um, so it turns out we also sent an email to the wrong place to get verified. So it was it was good five days later before we actually established any communication with them. <laughs> and so of course at the same time they were thinking that we had we didn't we we were freaked out and we didn't want to talk to them anymore either. But that, that was happens. that was awesome. I, I I think uh, you only get that spark at the beginning, and I it's it's awkward, but the the spark of not sure if they like me back is yeah. is something that you miss so much from being in a monogamous relationship for a long time. Yeah, no, it's, that's definitely true. And, or that, or even just when you send somebody a message for the first time on Cassidy or any of the sites and you send it off and you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll see what happens. And it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's that a feeling you don't normally get when you text your, your spouse, you know, they're, (laughs) they're probably not going to (laughs) respond. Or it's about something boring, like the laundry or something. (laughs) I think so. This during this week, we also we're learning that it's not uh, it's not net neutral. It's not a zero sum thing with 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 sex. It's kind of the, you know if you're having something with other people, it means that you have more of it within your relationship. And I think that's counterintuitive. And a lot of people outside of the well, I mean, us before this before we started doing this, we would have assumed, oh, if you're having sex with somebody else, then that's less sex that you're having with me. There's a fixed amount of sex, and it has to be distributed among your partners. Right. Right. Um, it's just like getting kids to sleep. I mean, if you get them to sleep more, then they fall asleep easier. You know, everybody thinks, oh, my kid's been up all day and didn't take a nap, so they'll go to sleep really easily tonight. That's not true. Right. Sleep gets more sleep and sex gets more sex. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very, that's very true. I think the so – uh, all the new parents out there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> I think the term that we've heard around that is the new swinger energy, which is like – Or new relationship Or new energy. relationship energy yeah. is, yeah, you, you meet somebody and – you guys had sex and then you go home and you have crazier sex than you've ever had for the next couple of days. And that's, yes. that's a lot of the fun about it. So yeah. Yeah. You were a big fan. I was a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we should make sure to mention the other part of the, the origin story, which was when we were at your sister's place and I read this New Yorker book review about a book on cheating, but it mentioned this book, uh, mating in captivity. Mm-hmm. So we downloaded that on our e-reader, and that that was what I think 
turned you into actually doing the research more seriously? That was after we fooled around with your friends, right? Yeah, but before they told us they didn't want to anymore. Right. So that was that was sort of the perfect resource for you to sort of the academic research of, of what is this thing and what does mm-hmm. it mean for relationships and, and like what is human sexuality and how does it relate to choosing one partner and the history of monogamy and Right. I haven't read that book, but it sounds interesting. I've heard of it. Yeah, we, yeah we, the title kind of gives it away, right? It's like animals don't like to mate in captivity. Why would we? Like right. we're in a... Yeah, no, absolutely. So what was the progression after you guys left that first party? And it sounds like you spent the week trying then to get on Cassidy. And I guess how did things sort of progress from that point? Uh, well, I mean, we, we finally did get messages back and forth with them and established that they that – they, they liked us too, so <laughs> a little relieved. We, we, yeah, we, we got on kick. <laughs> we found out about we found out about the adult horny chat program, <laughs> which I think is funny because when you download it, it says it's for teenagers, and then <laughs> and then we felt like we were teenagers on our phones all the time. <laughs> yep. uh, so yeah, so we we did some chats and we had to set up another date with them, which we eventually did when we found time on our schedule. Yeah. So we saw them a couple more times. Yeah, we've seen them several more times since then. We mm-hmm. even did like a. Um, they have, their kids are the same age as ours. And so we all got together with the kids one uh, day and went for a hike. And it also turns out the kids all get along, which is totally awesome because being parents is hard in the yeah. sense that it's hard to find. It's hard to find people that you get along with and that your kids get along with too. So, um, so we're pretty excited about that too. We're going to try and like do a camping trip in June, I think. Cool. So right. it'll be fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, but, who's, who's looking back? Are you going to end up in? Do you think? I, I, the kids, <laughs> the kids are are lovely clock blockers. I'm sure there will be no no sexy time. I think you could probably just zip all four sleeping bags into one giant sleeping sack, and then right. just all get in there. And just get all yeah. Yeah, the kids are the kids are not old enough yet. I mean, at some point we're going to have to figure out how to explain things to them. That's there there there's 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 a lot of interesting stuff with coming out for you know, family and friends, but also coming out to your kids. Sure. I don't, you know, I, I guess we haven't decided if we will actually do that for real or not. Yeah. Have you guys explored coming out to any other people in your lives at this point? Yeah. You mentioned yeah. your sister. Yeah. So I have a sister who's an ob which is the absolute worst person to like try to talk to about this. She, I, she was, she was overly protective. Like, I think she was genuinely concerned about me, but like, I am an adult. I, I, I do know how to like have safe sex and be responsible. Um, and she goes right into her talk that she would give one of her patients, which is number yes. one, don't do that. Number two, if you do that, here's how to keep your vagina from touching anything. Yes. And number three, I got a yeast infection and she was convinced I had gonorrhea. And <laughs> I was just like, ah, so that that devolved into she didn't even want to hear Taylor and Ryan's names like she knew who they were um but we were I was to say that we were going to see friends and that was it like she doesn't want to know anything about it um but she made me really sad because she and I have always been really close um but she's it's probably the only thing that you guys don't talk to each other about yeah and I also tried to tell a friend um who I thought was fairly open minded um and I got a super negative reaction from her. We've since talked about it a bit more and and it seems to be okay, but she 
it's interesting. Like people that you think would be totally cool become fairly judgmental. And so after those two experiences, I am not telling anybody. Right. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> so have you guys had any experience with telling people? We've told trying to think. a couple of friends. We've yeah. mentioned it to a few friends. I mean, more. More I have, yeah. Yeah, she has than I have. Um, but it was like, it was years ago, and, okay, let me back up. There was one friend in college that we told after college that we, and we had known her for a long time, and she was really cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also told their friends from college, and they it kind of was just like, oh, cool, and that was it. Like, there was no no other conversation. So since yeah. they didn't ask additional questions, I just dropped it because I was like, well, mm-hmm. they'll ask questions if they're curious. Otherwise, they just don't want to know. So but that's really the only experience we've had with – we've debated telling a few people and haven't gotten the balls to do it, I guess. <laughs> so um, so I, I, I told a couple of people. I feel like it's important to uh, – and and – and I haven't had any bad reactions yet. Um, I, it, maybe it's different for guys to say that they're doing this instead of women. I'm sure there's some different standard. Um, but my motivation is uh, is just just like you guys call the podcast normalizing mm-hmm. non-monogamy. And I feel like it's I, – I wish I, – we, we have this culture now where we, we have a lot of ways of sharing on, on social media, all the curated things that are the best about ourselves and it makes everybody else feel bad yep. because all they see is like, Oh, everybody else in my kid's class is going to Hawaii next weekend. And everybody had a great time with their spouse for the last 10 years and didn't feel like they needed anybody else. And, and no, and obviously nobody is, um, is, is having, you know, sexy thoughts about a third person outside of their relationship. And I feel like if, if we can share those things, then it lowers the bar that other people feel like they need to try to achieve. Yeah. And that just seems like a nice thing to do for everybody else. I just want everybody to feel like, yeah, whatever you, whatever you feel is probably normal. Like, um, don't, don't believe what you read on Facebook. Yeah. And I, that's exactly the, the whole point of what we're trying to do is show that there's so many different ways to do it. And, and there's, it's way more common than we would think about it is. And, yeah, so it's it's really awesome to hear you say that because that's that's really what we're going for here. It's not to sit and talk about all the 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 gossipy side of it. It's to share the way it's impacted our relationships and improved them, and if there's been struggles and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. also why we've considered telling other people too in our lives and haven't really gotten the balls, like I said, to do it yet. But it's to normalize it and also just to be our whole selves to some, some of our, some of our closest friends, like don't know this side of us. And I feel like we're really close with them, but there's a whole part of our lives that they don't know about. And I wish that we could tell them and maybe someday, I think we'll, we will someday, but, um, it, you also don't want to jeopardize any friendship. So it's that hard line there. Yeah. Yeah, I just have this desire to psychoanalyze them and be like, what is it uh, that makes you uncomfortable with this? Is it that you feel like your own monogamy is going to be threatened and like you need to keep your spouse in the in the cell, like in the sense of um, of mating in captivity? Like you need to keep your partner captive because you don't want their thoughts to wander to a third person that's outside of your relationship. Right. Um, but people don't like to be psychoanalyzed either. So that's not no. a good way to maintain relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I really like, it feels like I have close friends, right. That don't know. And it feels 
it feels inauthentic and right. I really don't enjoy that feeling. Like I like to be like, this is who I am. Like, you know, it is what it is. And I don't enjoy that, like kind of hiding things from people, but I don't know. Do I will be more, more careful about talking about it in the future. <laughs> right. Do you guys feel like since you started doing this, it's, it's opened up the communication between the two of you and that you're now maybe able to share more things. And I don't know, not that you maybe hid them from each other, but that it has opened up the conversations between the two of you. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like I actually feel far more secure in our relationship now than I did before we um, mm-hmm. opened our relationship. Cause it turns up. out if I do have sex with somebody else that I still want you more. Yes, it's true. And that we, and that our family is strong. Um, and it's, it, it also has like, because you can talk about, I can tell Jake all of the sexy things that are in my head, uh, even though he may not, uh, be in that particular fantasy. Um, so, and that's mm-hmm. been fun. And it's also been fun to like, when you're out and, you know, in the past, you'd never tell your spouse, Oh, like she's hot or he's hot or any of that. But then now I could be like, look at her. Like she's super hot or mention how I won the lottery in the sense that before we started doing this, you were, you presented as very straight. That's I was just going to ask you, how did kissing a girl go? (laughs) I loved it. It was awesome. Um, And and she has done more things with girls. I have. Yes. And also loved those. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been, it was, I think it's, I grew up in the South in a rural area and like good girls don't do that. Right. And so I think it's part of the, I always had thought that I was out of that mentality, but I think that I just repressed that for a long time because I wasn't supposed to. Right. And so that's been a really fun experience for me too, to, to explore that part of me that I have hadn't before. And so now we can we can go to the coffee shop and talk about whether the girl with the tattoo is hot or not. Yes, yes. <laughs> she was super hot. There was not just whether she's hot or not, but whether we want to fuck her. Yeah, and then we both decided. Uh. <laughs> We've decided this morning that there is a line between like a person who is like actually like hot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. So anyway. that's very true. But yeah, now we can have that conversation. We never would have talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen any other benefits? besides just opening up the the communication and honesty you guys I guess you mm-hmm. kind of mentioned earlier that you've been having a lot more sex which is a probably a bonus I would assume <laughs> oh yeah I would say it's a huge bonus I mean we so our our second daughter did not sleep for two and a half years and we decided to do a huge construction project on our house um, and live through it live in the house while we were doing it so this time last year, we were barely on speaking terms, um, and so we're definitely not having sex. And I feel like this is really yeah, we were down to like once every other month or something. <laughs> it's not good. Um, so I I feel like this has really gotten us back to when we were first dating, and like we couldn't get enough of each other, and that was that was so much fun. Like I really enjoyed that, and so yeah, for you, the timing really is like both this project and also the kids. Like once you, once you no longer have a child under three for like a woman's chemicals start to be more focused on the spouse instead of on the babies. Sure. So it was kind of re, re, reconquering your womanhood. Yeah. On Just your own terms. Just back to my own self again, yeah. which I think you get lost when the kids are, are young. Um, so. Mm-hmm. 
so that is not for us that's not insignificant um so no that's awesome say i was gonna ask about any challenges but i guess that has there been challenges since you've opened up your relationship that you've encountered other than telling other people and having the negative reaction (laughs) we are not challenges but i think like kind of with with new encounters we have kind of revisions to what we enjoy if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. we went to a house party two weekends ago and um we ended up hooking up with a couple but like it just didn't feel right like we we felt pretty slutty we felt pretty slutty afterwards and not that like it was you know as a friend said it was ethical and it was consensual like there's no no real issues around it but at the same time we it made us really realize that like we don't want to meet a couple and then have sex with them 15 minutes later like that's not really our style we really enjoy having a friendship with the couple and getting to know them a bit and then having a little bit more of an ongoing relationship with them i'm not sure how to how that gets termed exactly but um yeah, we, we haven't found a good way to describe it either because that's exactly i mean i guess it's a friends with benefits yeah and again we've as we talked about earlier the blurring of lines between that and polyamory i don't i don't know and we'll i don't know if we get hate mail from the poly people at some point but we're not we don't know we don't have a great way to describe it we well just, hopefully we'll talk to some poly people yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah, I feel bad for calling them the Supreme Court now. Maybe they'll think it's cute. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious because I think that the lines are very, they're very blurry between having a really close friendship with someone and like, I don't know, having a relationship with them. And I'm not sure what the marker is for that. Yeah. Maybe there's not. Maybe it's like shades of gray. And yeah. part of the reason we went to this house party and randomly hooked up with this couple is that we needed to establish that we were not exclusive with anyone. And so like, here, look, I'm showing you. Look, see? See this person I'm having sex with and not exclusive. <laughs> so you made your point and, and now you feel like a slut about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we just didn't plan it. Uh, I mean, we didn't plan any of our experiences that much, but this one we would have benefited more from taking, from stepping out of the room for a minute and checking in with each other and saying, right. do we really want to go full swap with these, with this couple or do we want to get to know them? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we have to learn from mistakes. That's how it works. It has to be experiential. Nobody can just listen to a podcast and then get it all right. Uh, no. <laughs> Except we, if it's potentially this podcast. Right. Yes, of course. If, yeah, if you listen to this podcast enough, you probably will do it exactly right. Hopefully. <laughs> but everybody, as you have a good point. Everyone's journey is unique, and you're always likely to make some sort of mistake along the way. And that's part of life. I mean, we all make mistakes, right? So. Yeah. And it's self-discovery. Like you have to try something and if it turns out you like it, then it was a good idea. And then if you don't like it, you would call it a mistake, but you can't, you can't tell ahead of time, which of those two outcomes it'll be. So you don't know if it's a mistake or not. Right. Exactly. Right. One, one thing I was curious about, you had mentioned when you talked to your sister about it, she dived deep into the safety aspect when you guys were talking about getting into this, was that something that you guys talked about between yourselves is how to, what your risks were and what your acceptable level of risks were and how you were going to mitigate them and, and how you would handle that moving forward? So a little bit in so much as we, Jake bought condoms for the first time in like, I don't know how long. Um, and we took them with us to the club. Um, but I don't think that we, it was another one of those areas. We just didn't have a full comprehension of what exactly risked and how not, not the 
mitigating them, but just fully understanding them. And well, this so, is one of the things you talked to Ryan about. Is yeah, like, what I, is it we're supposed to do, and how frequently, and like we should go get tested, and you set it up with the doctor, and yeah, I think you 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 you, you approached it with a, a practical, somewhat risk averse. What am I supposed to do? Like do this right, do it properly. Yeah, right. but then talking to my sister, I realized that like. We, Jake and I had to then talk about like, okay, like, do you go to one extreme or not an extreme? Like, like how risk averse are you? Right. Do you use dental dams? Do you obviously use condoms, but like, do you go to the like dental dam part or do you not? Um, like do you obviously like we only want to play with people who have been tested recently and are, are fairly low risk also. Um, and it seems to me that most people are pretty, open about this, about this thing, about this, at least in our very limited experience. Um, right. but, but yeah, I guess I did approach it as a like, okay, Ryan, tell me what it is that I need to go do. And then like, I will go make the appointments. I will do the things. And we feel comfortable with like some amount of risk, but not like a large amount of risk, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think that's normal. I mean, Every couple and every person has to decide what their risk level is in all of this, non-monogamy in general. And some people are willing to take a higher risk than others, and that's okay. But just as long as you communicate and be respectful. And realizing, too, that sometimes you also have to be willing to put on your bullshit detector and realize that maybe they're not telling you the truth, you know. And that's that's the other hard part is you never know. But you've you've just got to do your best and... Yeah. But we talked about it because that last couple we played with yeah. was like, oh, when did we get tested? Three months, six months? They were. And I actually, like, I. It was a flag. Yeah, it was a flag. Um, I, like, had this, I had my elevator pitch. I had all of our stuff lined up. Like, but then we didn't have that conversation from, like, the living room to the playroom, which is what I was expecting to do. And I, I wish I had drunk a little bit less that night. And so I literally, like, kind of stopped the play session. I was like, wait a minute. We have not had our conversation yet. <laughs> And I like got up and I was like, okay, so, you know, here's our, our stats. And like, and then, yeah, they were a little wishy-washy. And I, I kind of wish that at that point in time, I had just been like, okay, cool. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But that's something else that we've come across too, is it's really hard, no matter what the situation is. Once, once everyone's clothes are off and things are starting to happen, no matter what happens that, that maybe makes you want to leave, it's it's not easy to be the person to get up and put your pants back on and walk out of the room because you're uncomfortable. And that's... No, it's that's the hardest, a very yeah. hard thing to do because you don't want to stop other people's fun. <laughs> that would have been extra hard at this party because my pants were missing also. <laughs> <laughs> Remember we, have, we eventually found, I found them like like shoved behind the headboard. Oh, yes. I... <laughs> so you, you would have had to storm out without any pants on, which... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then I would come back in kind of bashfully and be like, oh, uh, I think my pants are here somewhere. Wait, can I turn on the lights? Is that okay? Because I have to find my pants. But keep in mind, I'm still angry about the situation and I will storm back out of here as soon as I have my damn pants on. Babe, you put on someone else's pants not that long ago. Yep. I put them on and I was like, what's all this shit in my pocket? And I was like, these aren't my pants. Why did, I, you know, I mean, this this party was pretty well set up for a house party, but it would have been more considered if there were like a pile of scrubs in each room so you could just sort of put on some anonymous clothes if you needed to. <laughs> so I was going to ask, so now that you've had a few experiences over the last couple of months, what are your thoughts, I guess, moving forward in your plans? Do you have any, are you just going to keep exploring to see where things go or? Hmm. 
Yeah, like I said, this for for me, we're off the we're off the plan at this point. There was no fantasy in which we did it more than once. So the the plan uh, went off the rails when it turned into a guy guy girl threesome instead of uh, <laughs> two girls and a guy, and then from there you're just freewheeling. <laughs> no, it's, I you, I mean, my, the way I feel about this right now is like everything is everything is perfect, and Elizabeth can have anything she wants, and all of my fantasies have been fulfilled. And it's kind of weird when you've had 15 years of of a fantasy and then it becomes reality. And then, uh, and then you like this longing is missing from your life, right. which is a positive thing, but it's also, it's a little bit, uh, I find my bearings again. You have more of an idea of what you want to do next, right? I do. I want to, um, well, we've like trying to reach out to a couple, like trying to do the thing on Cassidy. It's kind of hit or miss, right. Whether couples write you back or, but like just trying to explore meeting a couple of other couples. Um, and then, the I like the we're kind of foodies and we're into that. So the is it just for dinner? The George thing we're gonna try to do one of those dinners too. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I really like everybody keeps talking about desire, but you know if there could be enough exercise and not just sitting around on our butts. Yes, that, that's the, that's the thing we're a little bit concerned about. We're not really resort people. Um, we like to like be active and do stuff on vacation, and so I'm not entirely. I mean, <laughs> last time we went to an all inclusive resort. We were in, in Mexico and we just hopped on the local bus and went downtown we and the bus was missing a door. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, we just yeah. had to get out of the resort, please. And like pay for things. I, I can say we can relate to that a lot. We had never been to an all-inclusive resort before we went to Desire the first time. And we were both nervous, like we're going to get really bored, like staying in one place for a week. And what are we going to do? And we had planned, oh, you know, maybe we should go see these ruins or go do this. And cause we do like you guys like to go out and see stuff when we travel, but once we got there, we're like, we can't leave this place for a day. Like, there's just, there's too much, I mean, it's just relaxation, essentially, and, like, fun flirt, flirtation, and um, I, you get into this kind of routine every day of, you know, very relaxed routine of, you know, lunch and hot tub and pools in there at some point and dinner with, get dressed up for dinner and dancing if you want, and, you know, then sexy playtime is intertwined whenever you want it, so it, it worked out. I don't know. We didn't end up going anywhere. <laughs> but, but also there's beach volleyball. Yes. And there's people organize like workout groups and there's... Pool games. There's games and there's all sorts of activities going on that... You can walk on the beach, go for a yeah. walk. We did that a lot. Go for walks on the so. beach. And there are people that leave the resort for mm-hmm. a day or two. You can go do excursions for whatever you want to do. Um, there's also, I think there's snorkeling that you can do like right from the resort. So... There's a kind of there's a variety of whatever works for you. Yeah. One, for parents of young kids, it would be really nice if the lifestyle didn't always start at eleven or or midnight. Yes. I would be perfectly happy to have sex with somebody at like six o'clock and then like have another drink and then put the kids to bed. Sounds perfect. Yeah. If, yeah. For people who don't have kids, I would completely agree. Oh uh, yeah. I agree as well. I mean so. I I kinda see how the evening progresses and you wanna you want to spend that time meet and greet and everything, but you know when we've gone to hotel parties and um, other events, yeah, some people don't show up till like eleven and or midnight even, and we're like, come on, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like if you're out way too late, I don't know, it just it, we don't have kids and it still isn't the most fun. It just ruins your whole next day is yes. the problem. Yeah. So and the and the day after sometimes for us, <laughs> but. So I did have a question that I was going to ask 
Jake had mentioned that at this point there was no there's no plan in that he feels like everything has been that he could ever imagined is has been fulfilled. I guess for you guys at this point, if one or the other of you was to pull the emergency brake and and ask to eject from the lifestyle, would that be something that the other person is like, okay, yep, I'm happy to, to stop at any point? Yeah, I think I, I feel like I would be okay with that. I admit I'd be a little sad, I think. <laughs> that sounds awful. Of course, obviously, if Jake wanted to pull the emergency brake, I would pull the emergency brake. Like, there's, you know, it's not, right. it's not fun. But I mean, I would probably be a little bit sad about it um, for a little while. I'm sure I'd get over it, but. Yeah, I don't, I, I guess, I guess we haven't, we haven't thought that far down the road yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still, we're still adding things that we want to do as opposed to like, so far everything has been okay. And then yeah. we try to do Yeah, so I, I guess I asked it because you said, you know, at this point, everything I could have ever hoped for has happened, I guess, in a sense. So it sounded to me like, hey, if if tomorrow Elizabeth woke up and said, hey, that we're never doing this again, you would sort of be like, OK, more than I could have ever thought happened, happened. So but instead, you just add more stuff. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, eventually there will be the matter of turning 50 and then, you know, who knows? What <laughs> oh, boy. Well, is there is there anything that we haven't asked you guys that you're dying to tell us or tell the, the millions of listeners and subscribers. <laughs> millions. Let's hope. <laughs> By the time you publish this, you could be up to a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never know. Absolutely. Uh, what else? I don't have anything to you. No. Or any resources. I, I know you mentioned people. the book, but. Yeah. Are there any resources that you guys have found really useful in guiding you guys to this point? I I don't know. I've been really in like kind of listening to more podcasts lately, just as a, like a way to hear what other people have to say. And, um, that's been a pretty good resource too. So (laughs) have there been any podcasts in particular that you're like, this is the one that I like to come back to that I've found the most, uh, useful information coming out of. I really like, um, nerds who swing. That's my favorite one besides you guys lately. Um, and then, as Taylor says, I have a very sensitive cookie, and so when we started having a lot of sex again, um, I had to deal with yeast infections and UTIs and such, and so there was a Swinging Down Under podcast where the woman like did like an in-depth like section on like basically vaginal health, and that was amazing. Like I just basically went through and like did all of the things that she said, and like I've been fine ever since, which wow. is thing so. well that's that's awesome i'll find that show and put a link to it in our show notes too because yeah they're, they're actually they're a very good resource as well so. so yeah we just wanted to thank you guys for trusting us i guess and uh, jumping right in and being willing to being interviewed i know we we haven't met in person so it's um, been fun chatting yeah. absolutely so we will hopefully talk to you guys soon and yes. in real life at some point yeah Mm -hmm. Come to California. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) All right. Bye, you guys. Have a good day. (laughs) Hi, guys. It's us again. We just wanted to (laughs) real quick say thanks for listening. Uh, Go ahead and check out our website again if you want the show notes, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Find us on Twitter. We're po- we're always on there, interacting with people, having a good time. Mm-hmm. So, our Twitter handle is nnm podcast. 
And um, again, thanks to Jake and Elizabeth for coming on the show, and thanks to Taylor and Ryan for uh, sleeping with them so that they could <laughs> so that they could refer them to us. So really appreciate the hard work, guys. Yep. Till next time. We'll well we'll see you guys. Oh like, yeah. We, <laughs> we got another episode coming up right now with um, these amazing hosts of the Swinging Down Under podcast, CND. So that one's coming at you right now, and we'll head on over there. Yep, we'll see you in the next episode.